Hey guys, I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction, compulsive overeating. Hey, glad that you guys are here to join me tonight. Uh, reality is our world is stinking insane. Like, I don't know about you, but my life feels absolutely insane. Um, I coach a football team, and uh, we were going to have a season, and then we weren't. And then, hey, you're going to have these stipulations, so have these stipulations, and then um, you can play football, and then we, we weren't. And then they're like, hey, well, maybe we'll do a club team. And so we tried to do a club team, and then uh, authorities stepped in and said, no, you're not. And uh, then we were like, all right, we're going to do football again. Here we go. We're getting the team out there, dangling that carrot in front of us. Oh, no, you're not. Well, then guess what? As of today, we hit red zone in Stanislaus County. We get to play football, baby. I'm excited. But that shows the insanity of the things that go on around us. And uh, I have a video I want you guys to watch a little bit that you may relate to regarding insanity. Charlie Brown, oh Charlie Brown. I can't believe it. She must think I'm the most stupid person alive. Come on, Charlie Brown. I'll hold the ball and you kick it. Hold it? Ha! You'll pull it away and I'll land flat on my back and kill myself. But Charlie Brown, it's Thanksgiving. What's that got to do with anything? Well, one of the greatest traditions we have is the Thanksgiving Day football game. And the biggest, most important tradition of all is the kicking off of the football. Is that right? Absolutely. Come on, Charlie Brown. It's a big honor for you. Well, if it's that important, a person should never turn down a big honor. Maybe I should do it. Besides, she wouldn't try to trick me on a traditional holiday. It's time I'm gonna kick that football clear to the moon! Oh. Isn't it peculiar, Charlie Brown, how some traditions just slowly fade away? Does that not feel like um, our lives on a regular basis? And I'm not even talking about COVID. There's things in my life that I keep doing over and over again, expecting a different result. And every single time, it's the same thing. That ball gets pulled out, and I fall flat on my back, and life hurts. And it is absolutely crazy. Um, here's the thing is that is the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result I feel a lot of feedback right now I don't know if you guys hear it but hopefully we'll work through that the next thing is sanity sanity means this wholeness of mind making decisions based on truth wholeness of mind making decisions based upon truth wow that sounds awesome, but so many of us make decisions based on false truth, on lies, on deceptions, because we live our lives so much in denial. I have another video that this is probably one of my favorite movies. Actually, I'm going to skip the video, guys. 
Um, I'm just going to talk about it. I love the movie Matrix, my favorite, one of my favorite movies. And there's a scene in there where uh, Neo is the main character and they're calling him out saying, hey, you are in this world that is all a lie around you. And here's the thing, you get a choice. You can take the blue pill that's gonna say, stay in this world forever, or you can take the red pill and that's gonna jump you out and you're gonna live in reality. The question is, where do you wanna live? Do you wanna live in the world where everything is false in a fantasy world, or do you want to live in reality? Well, the whole movie is based on the fact that he takes the red pill and exits that false world and tries to live in reality. And uh, it's absolutely insane how so many of us choose to stay in our lies and try to live day in and day out with that. I know, all my sex addicts were giggling when I mentioned blue pill. It's okay. <laughs> Gosh. And we're like, junior hire, sorry, Landing. Um, here's the thing is, uh, we, have, uh, we have insanity, and sanity is our acronym tonight, sanity. And so the S starts and stands for strength. What is the strength that we have? And in Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, it says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. God is our refuge and our strength. When we, we rely upon our own strength, we will always fail. But when we rely upon God's strength, he will give us what we need to survive. He will give us that strength to give us that help. See, I coached, junior, I coached the JV team of the football team over at Big Valley Christian High School. And uh, we actually did hitting for the first time on Friday. And so we got some freshmen out there that have never played football before. And we were doing a drill called the Oklahoma drill. For most of you in the audience, it doesn't matter what drill it is. You're like, for those that know football, you know the drill, right? It's a drill where you do some hard hitting. And these freshmen, we got them on pads. They still have their like... Eight-year-old bodies, they're all like small and stuff, and they like are going against other people. And you can see as you put them in this drill, their eyes are like this big, and you see the fear that this other guy is gonna come run and hit him. And it's absolutely ludicrous at that moment that we would say, Hey, you're gonna come out and just lay the other guy out because there's fear. And every single one of us in this room face a moment like that where we have fear and we have our eyes eyes wide open and we're faced with doing something we're either gonna fight I'm a fighter we're gonna flee or we're gonna freeze what do you do when you're faced with your fear and one of the things we try to teach people is how to handle those fears what things have I repeatedly done that move me towards my own destruction rather than moving me towards recovery. Well, for me, willpower. I can will myself not to do this, right? I can will myself to not do this. Some of you have tried that. I'm not going to drink for today. I'm not going to drink for a month. I'm not going to, and we willpower it. Instead of relying upon the tools that we get in recovery, we white-knuckle it. I can do this on my own. I got this. I don't need to call my sponsor. I don't need to call my accountability partner. I don't need meetings. 
I got this. See, for me, it's, it's maybe since I'm a food addict, I relate to this a little bit more. It's that diet. Instead of eating a large pizza all by myself, I'll eat the medium pizza all by myself. I try to wean myself off. I mean, that's not as bad, right? Instead of eating a whole box, a dozen of donuts, I'm going to only eat half a dozen, right? The insanity of that, and some of us try to wean ourselves off of this, so maybe I can go this long, maybe I can go this long. We start to make agreements, we start to uh, compromise, and we start to do those things, and yet we're still using, we're still coping in ways that are unhealthy, This one may relate, but maybe I'll just go to recovery and I'll sit there, but not actually do recovery. Yeah, we go to the rooms, we try to learn through osmosis, but we're not actually going to do recovery. We're not going to actually take the suggestions that are given to us and apply them to our lives and do them. So instead of, of looking at denial, instead of tonight, like looking at sanity and going, hey, there is a higher power out there greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity, I got this. I can just, I'll just do it myself. And we don't go into the rooms of our open share group and we don't get to hear the experience, strength, and hope of others that have done this before us and have had success at doing this because we rely on our own strength. How is my life out of balance? I talked to about five people beforehand and I'm like, how are you doing? Life is crazy. I barely got a shower and get here. I barely got food. I barely got this. My life this week and last week has absolutely been insane. I've had the blessing of being able to speak at a lot of things. And yesterday I spent hardly any time in my office because I was speaking at one thing and at another thing and at another thing. And then I was like, I got to prep for tonight. I didn't, I don't have time for that. So I locked myself in my office this afternoon and did all my prep time for tonight. Pretty excited about that. But then I was like, oh crud, I gotta speak tomorrow night. (laughs) Life is insane, it's crazy, it's busy. All these things going on. When do we stop and find balance? When do we do our self-care? When do we care for others? When do we do our recovery meetings? When do we do those things? Because I don't know about you, one meeting a week doesn't, Matter doesn't meet my need of meetings. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 says this, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I humble myself, when I step out in denial and say, I can't handle this anymore, God, it's you. And I humble myself and I rely upon this higher power, Jesus Christ, to restore me to sanity. That is when I'm strong. Because when I say I got it, I will fail. You know how I know that? Because I'm stinking Charlie Brown. That's how I know. The A in uh, sanity is this, it's acceptance. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says this, Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received you to the glory of God. How did Christ receive you? How did Jesus receive you? 
He received you as a sinner, as in muck and mire. He received you at the lowest point of your life. He knows every single thing that you ever have done in life. Your inventory, he already knows. And guess what? When you came to him, he opened his arms, he wrapped them around you, and he loved you. And yet, this passage tells us that we are to receive others just like that. Look at your, if you got a spouse, look at your spouse. You, you got to accept them as they are. And that's tough to handle sometimes. That is extremely tough. How do we accept of others, acceptance of others? We do the serenity prayer and it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. That we would be able to do those things. And then at the end of that, if you go the long version, it says this, not as I would have them to be. That we would accept others, not as we would have them to be, but we would accept them as who they are. That's all I wanted in my whole life. Because my story is I had gone to confess my sin to... uh, leaders in the church. I'd gone to confess my sin to others and I was met with rejection. I was met with abandonment. I was met with the Bible verse, a go and sin no more. I was met with, whoa, you're weird. You're a pervert. That's what I was met with. But when I walked in the rooms of recovery, you know what I was welcomed with here? Acceptance. No one tried to fix me. No one tried to hand me a Bible verse. Nobody did that. Instead, they said, keep coming back. Right? AA will say this, and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find, my, uh, I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at, that, at this moment. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems. Wow. Let me ask you this rhetorical question. That means don't answer it. (laughs) It means, it's this, is how are you doing at accepting life? How are you doing accepting people, places, things, and situations? I'll be honest, man, I've been struggling lately. It's my biggest fight is acceptance. So I'm glad I get to teach this tonight because that means I get to work more of my program. Awesome. Um, so thankful. Um, here's the thing is we also have ha- accepting ourselves. I mean, have we actually taken responsibility for our actions? Have you actually taken the responsibility for your side of the street? Clean that part up? That is a tough thing to do. To look at our options, that's what being mature means, is we take responsibility for our actions, we look at our options and we negotiate. And we come up with a good conclusion of what we're gonna do. Because as I told another pastor today, my first thought is always wrong. My reaction, he goes, oh Scott, I've seen some of your first reactions. I go, no, what's scary is that's still not my first reaction. And he's like, oh. (laughs) I know, right? I'm, I, I'm crazy. That's why we call a sponsor. That's why we call our accountability partners. That's why we run those things by them. Why? Because 
We have to know what are all our options and how do we negotiate and come up with the best solution. See, we play the blame game. Ever since the beginning of time, we've pointed the finger at other people. My mom did it. My mom made me do it. I wouldn't be here if my husband wasn't uh, having affairs. And I know that's sometimes what we think. We come up with this entitlement. You just think about uh, a couple years ago when there was a lawsuit of the lady that uh, sued. I think maybe it was a lady, maybe it was a kid. I got two stories in my brain right now. But basically they were eating McDonald's and they sued McDonald's for making them fat. Well, I don't, I think you went through the drive-thru or you walked up to the counter and bought the stuff. That's like you suing Jim Beam because you're an alcoholic. That's crazy. What is happening? Oh, man, that's ludicrous. The in insanity is new life. That when, what we did two weeks ago when we heard Lou Giglio... And we heard how great God is and how big he is and how much he loves us. When we come to an understanding of that and we understand what Jesus did on the cross and we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, which we're going to be getting to, we get a new life. What does this new life mean for us? What does that look like? Well, in Psalm 69, verses 1 through 3, it says this, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. I'm tired, I'm weary. I have related to that passage more times in my life than not. That I would come to that place and just have to cry out to God. I remember deep in my addiction of pornography, I remember my wife, I was living in Alaska and I, I, my wife flew back here to visit family. And I remember one night after going on a binge that I sat on the edge of my bed and I wept loudly, basically this thing, is I am in dire straits, I am hurting so bad, God, I feel so overwhelmed, all I need is your help, please help me. Some of you have had that after you've had a few too many. Some of you may relate to that. Calling out to God for help. But we get a new life. See, it's when we hit that rock bottom that all of a sudden we can turn and start to come out of that pit. We need to come out of that pit. Some of you are high bottom people, but there's those in this room that know what that means to truly be rock bottom, to be that low bottom person. It'd be amazing to think of our average church-going people and how many people are sitting in this room that have done time. They'd be like, what? They'd be shocked at the fact that there are people that have hit a rock bottom and because they have surrendered their life that they now are sitting in these seats trying to work their program and that's what's huge. Psalm 40, verse 1 says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. And when we surrender to him, when we make that decision, he pulls us out of our rock bottom, and he sets us on that rock. 
That rock is him. And when we're able to do that, he starts to guide us and direct us and we get new life. When we apply the word of God to our life, when we do these things, we're no longer homeless. We're no longer sitting, sleeping in our cars. We're no longer doing those things. God starts to transform us and change us. And suddenly we have a house and we have a family and we have people around us that care about us and love us. And that is absolutely amazing. Because there's been times, although I haven't been homeless, there's times I've been the loneliest person that I could ever imagine. And yet, now I look around and there's people that wrap their arms around me and love me and care about me. And at any time, I can call them and they'll love me. And I know, thank you, I know that if you're working the program, if you're doing these things, you have people like that too in your life. People that at any moment you can call them And they'll answer. You also not only get that new life, but you become this new person. This hope is freedom from bondage. This new person out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We step free out of the bondage of our sin, out of the bondage of that bottle, out of the bondage of that needle, out of the bondage of that pornography, out of the bondage of that affair, out of the bondage of that food, out of the bondage of gambling. And what we get is we get freedom. He sets us free from those things that have happened in our life. And then as we get this new life, we start to get integrity. The I in sanity is integrity. And we gain integrity when we follow through on our promises. Because so many of us addicts, how many times have we told our spouse, our loved ones, I'll never do that again. (laughs) And then they find us one more time. One more time. One of the greatest things my sponsor said is, uh, be where you're supposed to be. That will save you a lot of problems. And so that's my biggest thing, is being somewhere. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. If I say I'm going to do something, I do something. He used to ask me, Scott, are you a man of your word? I used to say, yeah. And then he would say, oh, yeah, well, what about this, 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 and this? Stop. And so the challenge for me is really to learn to be a man of my word. And that is one of the toughest things. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But here's the thing. No half-truth or half-measures. No half-truths or half-measures. We say, I shouldn't say we, because I, this isn't my issue, but I know there's people that struggle with chemical addiction. They struggle with sticking needles in their arms. They struggle with drugs, mind-altering substances putting in their body, and yet they will stop the, the harder things, but they will take a half measure and still put marijuana into their body. Whoa, but it's legal. Does it change and does it alter your mind? Yes. So how is that sobriety? Well, I'm not having affairs anymore. I'm only looking at pornography. Oh, I'm sure your wife is happy with that. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. We take these half measures And it's not good for us. The results of weaknesses, that's true, uh, truth hurts, but lies leave scars. Tell the truth. I'll just be honest with you guys. One of my character defects that I still wrestle with 
is I'm evasive. I am evasive. It's probably one of the biggest things in my marriage that causes problems is me being evasive and not telling the full truth that I'll feel like my wife is questioning me and I'm like trying to dodge it instead of just going stop and speak truth. But we got to tell the truth. And when we tell the truth and we start to live with integrity, then we get trust. I've counseled so many sex addicts that come into my office and they want their wife to trust them. And I'm like, well, be trustworthy. (laughs) Yeah, but I admitted yesterday that I'm not doing this anymore. Awesome. Well, what about today? Your history has been that you can't be trusted. You got to do one day at a time, one moment at a time. When we get trust, we get healthy relationships with other people. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says this. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. That we would first trust in God, and then as we find people around us that are trustworthy, we start to trust them. Let go of life's issues and let God be the one that's in charge of them. For those that are here that are maybe codependent, you guys want to manage and control your spouse's recovery. Stop it. Let them be responsible for their recovery. Because if you're doing their recovery for them, guess what? They're not doing their recovery. And they're going to stay stuck and they're going to stay not healing. Let them be the ones to do their recovery. And all the addicts are like, come on, I've been telling you that forever. No, humble yourself, work your program, man. Work your program. And that's a tough thing, is to let go of those things and trust that the Holy Spirit, that God is gonna be the one that's gonna work with your spouse that may be struggling. Not only do we get healthy relationships with other people, but we start to get healthy relationships with ourselves. We get, to, we get a healthy relationship with ourselves. We actually start to like ourselves again. There's a phrase that, I'll just, I'll just move on because I'll get lost. Uh, rabbit trail, sorry. Um, and then we get real friends. How do we get real friends at recovery? Well, let me tell you this. Come early and get a meal. Be a part of the meeting before the meeting. Come early, get a coffee. We have great coffee out there. We have great food out there. Next week's tri-tip. Get here, get some tri-tip. Hang out with people. Get to know others. Come to our meeting. Go to the open share group. Then come and get dessert. And hang out in fellowship. If you don't want to eat, that's okay. Get a cup of coffee and talk. Grab some water and talk. Do something and talk. Talk with people. Our break bread ministry is huge by the fact that they provide dinner and dessert for us every single Tuesday night. We start to get real friends in our life. Man, I got our, my last point is why, which is your higher power, Jesus Christ. Sanity is your higher power, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this, because some of you have never heard this ever in your life. You are loved just the way you are. You are loved just the way you are. Now, I know that's tough to hear, 
But in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, I already told you, he knew our inventory. And even in that inventory, Christ died on the cross for you. Jesus said, I love you so much, I'm going to take the punishment of your sin, which is death. And I'm going to bear that burden so that you may have life because I love you so much. And that is a free gift for the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. God, God can handle whatever comes your way. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Listen, don't use that as an excuse. That passage is so wrong, I've been tempted beyond what I could bear. Yeah, but he's also provided a way for you to escape because you all have phones and you all have a sponsor. You should have a sponsor. You should have a phone list. If you don't have a phone list, when you go to Open Share Group, ask your facilitator for a phone list, pass the paper around, write their names and numbers down, and now you got a phone list. Now when you're struggling, now when you're tempted, now you got a phone number to call of people that you have faces and you can call them and they will come alongside you and help you because that is the power of this program is people come alongside us and helping us, that you would have that opportunity. Psalm chapter 68, verse 19 says this, praise the Lord, praise God our Savior for each day he carries us in his arms. That God can handle whatever comes our way. He's been tempted in every way and has withstood it. And he can handle it. He can even handle it when we're mad at him. He's got big enough shoulders that when you're in your cussing fit that he can handle those words and he can handle that anger. And guess what? He loves you just the way you are. He may not want you to stay that way, but he loves you just the way you are. And he wants you to turn to him and let him be the one that carries you. Eternal life and protection. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says this, the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. A A big book, page 57 says this, when we drew near to him, he disclosed himself to us. Draw near to him so he may reveal himself to you. If you're still questioning this higher power, I ask you to try to draw near. Come in open-minded. Leave your guns at the door, figuratively and literally. Leave your guns at the door. Come in here and be open to the fact that there's a higher power out there greater than yourself that can restore you to sanity. And hopefully, you will surrender to him and he will carry you every single day if you let him. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your words. Thank you for your scripture and that it's truth. And may we measure our lives up against your truth. To take these biblical principles and apply them to our life is what we're supposed to do so we can become more and more like you. But this step here is to realize that you are out there and that if we let you, you could actually restore us to sanity. So help us with our acceptance. Help us with our surrender. Help us in those moments 
that you would guide our time, guide us, and bring us to sanity, Lord. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's stand and close our time with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen.